Sadius, Dalinar found himself thinking, his mind confused. He's coming to rescue me, as I rescued him. Unite them. He'll come, Dalinar thought. I know he will. I will gather them. The Parshendi were yelling, moving, twisting. Suddenly, a figure exploded through them. Not Sadius at all. A young man with a strong face and long, curling black hair. He carried a spear, and he was glowing. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapter 68, Eshonai. Um, If you haven't gotten this far in your reading yet, I would really suggest you going back and making sure you caught up or that you found the right episode that you need to be on. We are getting mighty close to the end of this book, and I would not want anything to be spoiled for you. If this is your reread and you're just enjoying this for the hell of it, and you don't care what episode you are or if you are on the right episode, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and living heralds above, this man's mastery of the mic is on another level. I have only fragmentary recollections of the things I knew before podcasting with him. His takes are incredible, (laughs) nearly human. It's Jack! What's up, dude? (laughs) How are you? How are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I uh, I really, really struggled to come up with an opening for this, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go maniac <laughs> on it. I was just going to go as crazy as I can. He's a maniac. Um, well, um, this, this chapter is uh, is on another level. This is, yeah, this it's is great. something else. Chapter let's not talk about this chapter, though, first. Let's, oh, let's rewind time okay. a little bit and talk about the end oh. of the last chapter. Um, are we uh, taking a flux capacitor back in time? Are we? Uh, we are. We. I have twenty one. Twenty one point twenty one gigawatts over here. So I one point twenty one gigawatts. I got all the gigawatts. I got like one thousand gigawatts oh. over here. Um, oh. I uh, like a we after we recorded last episode, um, we mm. stayed on a little bit and chatted, and then you asked me something about that piece that I read to you, and yes. I want to revisit mm. it again. Um, what was your question again? Sure. My question was whether or not Kaladin had known before, before um, leaping and then running along the bridge that the men were carrying mm-hmm. and leaping across the chasm, whether he knew jumping across the chasm and facing the Parshendi, whether he knew that there was any source of stormlight that he could use to actually win this battle. Right. My my read because on it, I told I, you at the time, my read on it is that he had no idea. He was leaping like a like a leap of faith. Right. That's what I was wondering. Now, I, I didn't go back and reread it. I have it here. Um, Let me read it to you. Let me quickly read it to you. Okay. Here. 
Kaladin screamed, reaching the end of the bridge. Finding a tiny surge of strength somewhere, he raised his spear and threw himself off the end of the wooden platform, launching into the air above the cavernous void. Bridgeman cried out in dismay. Sill zipped about him with worry. Parshendi looked up in amazement as the lone Bridgeman sailed through the air, towering towards them. Or t- towards them. His drained, worn-out body barely had a strength left. In that moment of crystallized time, he looked down on his enemies. Parshendi with their marbled red and black skin, soldiers raised finely crafted weapons as if to cut him from the sky. Strangers, oddities in carapace, breastplate, and skull caps, many of them wearing beards. Beards woven with golden gemstones, or glowing gemstones. So he didn't know until he he looked down. Correct. And, and that's what I had, had guessed. I'm glad you've clarified. Well, it seems clear to me. I suppose only Brandon, Mr. Sanderson might be able to. Really know, um, yeah. Really confirm that. But but if that be true, that is really something else. Because as a hero, as a as an individual facing an impos- the, the impossible odds, um, when you take that leap of faith, regardless of whether you have a so-called ace in the hole, it really calls into, uh, or, you know, brings to a point what Kaladin is really made of. Like mm-hmm. he's, um, like in, in, in that, in that moment, I think the, you know, the honor spread, the presence of Sill, I think adds to it, but it, it should almost be, you know, brought out even more as a flourish because that's just, you know, the, among the most, most honorable and brave things I think anybody can, can do. Right. right? It's sort of. It's sort of indicative of that moment that we saw in, um, now I know this is a, a pop culture reference, but in terms of the first uh, Captain America movie, when he, when they were told in the drill that there was a live grenade, he jumped on right. it. Right. Right. And he was probably, you know, the least, you know, formidable warrior on the battlefield. He definitely was. To take the hit. Mm-hmm. But he jumped, he jumped on it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I think Kaladin for me in that moment in crossing the bridge, the 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 poetic. Uh, this is a good. Um, this is a good metaphor you bring up because a little later we're oh, going to get into it. But amazing. when Teft sees Kaladin <clears throat> fighting, he says the stormlight does not give someone power; it enhances right. what's already there. And the ah, super soldier serum does the same, right? Yeah. It brings out what's inside. It, you can't hey. teach heart. You can't teach guts. Um, so Steve Rogers yeah. has that inside and the super serum pulls all yes, that out of him, right? Yes, yes, yes. So hey, it's hey very there. simple. Hey there, Gancho. Hey, Gancho. You just, uh, you just drove it home, buddy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so just, d- just to quickly wrap up this point, um, Kaladin absolutely jumped that chasm. <sighs> Right. N- not having any clue whether or not he was going to get a re-up on his Stormlight. He was jumping in there, man and spear alone, you know. Right. Um, and, and that in itself is amazing that he was, you know, yeah. he's willing to go out there and do it and potentially die for his men without the ace in the hole, like Because said. he knew it was right, because right. he knew he was protecting. Right. Yeah, so anyways, yeah. It's, it's no, it's really cool, it's dude. Really cool. <laughs> it makes me uh love the series even more. Like that moment is just 
fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's one of the that's one of the reasons why I read it to you. So it's mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. then he and then he says the second ideal, and then he explodes with like, not only does he breathe in the stormlight, you know, he lands realize like in the air, he realizes, oh, there's gem her- gemstones here. I can breathe it in. Great. I don't have to do this by myself. <laughs> he breathes it in. He lands superhero pose style, and then he says the second ideal, and then that's when he explodes with with energy. With the with the light, right? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about chapter well, sixty-eight, Eshenai. Well, let's take our let's take our time machine back to nineteen eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-five. And uh, start discussing Eshenai, yeah. chapter sixty-eight. The opening uh, death quote is: "They named it the final desolation, mm-hmm. but they lied." Our gods lied. Oh, how they lied. The ever storm comes. I hear its whispers, see its storm wall, know its heart. Mm-hmm. I underline a few things here. The, the sample is of particular note. Yes. I think that the, what's notable about it is that the gods lied. Yeah, possibly. We don't know which gods the, they're referring to. Mm-hmm. We know that um, Voronism sees the heralds as gods. Right. So they could be repl- uh, talking about the heralds. They could also be talking mm-hmm. about the almighty, which is like the, mm-hmm. you know, the one above in, in the pantheon of Voronism, the, mm-hmm. the almighty is above the heralds. So he, they could be talking about that God. Um, mm-hmm. we, we're not really sure this, it's not enough information to really know exactly who lied, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, d- I think I just think that whoever's looking for this information, collecting these death samples, and going through them, um, I think that is worthy of note. Is you know being lied to by by the the deities with which you purport to worship. Yeah, of course. Um, Let me ask you about the chapter nice. title first before we move on here. Esh and I, I don't know. I I, I think. I don't think it's mentioned in this chapter to make it clear, it's but not. I'm guessing that that is, I think we have the introduction of a, um, of a, uh, super villain in this, uh, in this series. This is, I think this is James Bond's Jaws. Um, um who, who are you referring to? I'm referring to the, uh, seven foot tall or higher, the large okay. Parshendi. So you I think the, that um, that... the enemy Shardbearer is named Eshenai? I don't know, but per, perchance, because he's the only other character introduced in this. Right. And there's this title, and I, and I couldn't remember, but I was trying to think, did I read that title somewhere else? So I couldn't remember if I had or not, so I'll put that to you. you I can, I you can confirm you have not. This is the first time you read that word. I have not word. heard the... Okay. And there is so no explanation is... in this chapter as to what that means. It's one of those uh, Shadesmar deals again, where... Um, Shalon traveled to Shadesmar, but we didn't really know what the place was she traveled to until later on. Mm-hmm. So that chapter when she travels to this other world is called Shadesmar. We don't know what Shadesmar is referenced to until we have that um, interlude with uh, Geranid, who is studying the flame sprint, and she talks about the spirit realm called Shadesmar. Uh, okay. Right. So there's like one of those like unless it's unless two it's an alternate reveals. name for it could be an alternate name for Kaladin. It could be very much so. Um, like, they do uh, keep calling him something. The Parshendi keep calling him something, 
or saying something to him. Yeah. Right. So it could so be maybe, that. So maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know if it's, it seems like the chapter kind of builds up it, I think anyways, to the moment where the shard bearing Parshendi <laughs> emerges. And so what I thought that part. maybe that's, oh my God, what a great part. The, well, and it's so funny now you because come? Dalinar, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I find, I found what's so interesting is that, uh, yeah, in, in in the in the moment of of our potential success is when the greatest threat comes. Of you know? course, it um, makes sense. Of course, yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. All right, let's dig well, into it. So like we an, start in, off with okay. um, a um, Adeline POV. Yeah, Adeline POV. So I, I want to note something here. Right at the top of the chapter, it mm-hmm. says the sounds the sounds of war the and battle were like a roaring avalanche, and I thought that was kind of funny because we're doing the Sanderlanch, right? Um, so I thought that was kind of funny, mm-hmm. um, with Adeline swinging his blade, these wild swings, uh, punching through the Parshendi, that's, that's what he's trying to do. And yeah. I, and I just want to note this again, that, you know, he's swinging a six foot blade. Yeah. I think that is something that is, it's mentioned several times, obviously in the series, but as a reader, and if you're going to really sort of, um, envision this world for yourself, it's a, it's a huge component of the capacity of the um the shard blades right is that there are these massive um swords that if, they're wielding if you think about it in uh, D combat wise which is one of the things we like to do here is we right. like to dissect yeah. it in that way um Claim he's up. got reach <laughs> right yeah yeah he's got major reach so he uh-huh. can he can not just hit the guy directly in front of him he can hit the guy five feet away from him um, right. even a little bit more cause it's a six foot blade. Um, so there's a lot of damage being done here. Um, one of the parts in the very, the beginning that I really like, um, that I want to mention off the top is that Adeline says that he has given up on trying to do any kind of stance. And, right. and we know that the kind of fighter he is, is he's a duelist. Everything he mm-hmm. does is all stances, wind <clears throat> stance, smoke right. stance, stone stance, all these different styles of fighting is how a duelist is able to fight another shard bearer. It's how, that's how he right. conducts his battle. Right. And the fact that right. he, he can't even do any of them is a metaphor for how crazy this battle is. This battle is so nuts. He has to abandon all tactical ideal. He's completely out of his comfort zone. That's that's what it is. Right. And he's just swinging yep. with wild abandon. These are, remember in back in like the old second edition D&D days, you'd be able to th- throw a jab, but then you'd have to, you'd be able to like throw a haymaker. If you rolled like yep. a, on the, on the fight chart, there would be like a, you roll a D20 and you could do a haymaker. That's what this is, is Adeline is just throwing haymakers, hoping to connect because one, he's tired and two, there's just so many enemies. There's no, there's no way to be able to be precise like he normally is. Right. Well, it's, I, I like I like how it mentions here again that that Adeline's, though, sorry, I guess Dalinar's men are the most trained in all of right. the Alethi army. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they keep using spearmen formations to cut through and move forward. Um, they are on. They are going down an incline that works in their favor. Right. So and they're they're literally um, they're literally fighting downhill. They have the they have the high ground. So they're pulling Obi Wan. They have here. the high ground. They're they're definitely Obi Wan. And I like how it describes. I like how it describes them as uh, charging trolls, mm-hmm. going down this uh, this this incline. Um, one last dash towards freedom. 
They yeah. had taken enormous casualties and uh, Dalinar's force, they figure, had lost a thousand. A Since, thousand men have perished. Yeah, the, um, this is more... Of his four. Ha, uh, Probably ha, more, lost another thousand, yeah. So they were down... Yeah. Um, the last time we they checked... Last time they gave us a number, they were down half, <laughs> right? They went there so with the eight... Score? They were down to four. Yeah, that's, that's the death's toll. This is the death pool. Yeah, um, and now they're down another three, uh, a thousand. So they're down to 3,000 men now. And they're going to probably lose more before the end of this chapter. This line before the uh, the POV uh, change um, right at the top of the chapter is amazing. The Pershendi fought to kill, but the Alethi this time fought to live. Right. Which is very rare for them, I think. They always fight to very kill. Very rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we switch POVs again, and now we're with Teft, mm-hmm. our Envisager. Living, I like this. It starts off, the first sentence I think is important, these three words, living heralds above. Mm-hmm. Living heralds. Well, they're I supposed to be in the important. Tranquiline Halls fighting for right. for everyone's freedom or whatever, right? Right. So. Right. But they're living. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, he's he's watching. So I mean, uh, Teft is watching Kaladin fight, <laughs> and uh, I like I like that he's noting here that that Kaladin looked like he was near death. Yeah, skin as dull as uh, a, a dull gray. Hands were shaking, and now he was a shining whirlwind, a storm wielding a spear. I love that. Teft had known many a battlefield, but he had never seen anything remotely like this. Kaladin held the ground before the bridge, before the bridge by himself. White yeah, storm literally holding from him like a blazing fire. His speed was incredible, nearly inhuman. And his precision. Each thrust of the spear hit a neck, side, or other unarmored target of the Pershendi flesh. Unreal description. I just had to read that. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, dude, he's holding the ground by himself. Yeah. There's like all these Parshendi around and he's literally yeah. holding the bridge by himself. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. You mentioned this earlier, but yeah, this um, is really, it's, this it's is a this really great part here. Stormlight did not grant skill. It could not make a man into something he was not. It enhanced, it mm-hmm. strengthened, it invigorated, it perfected. Yeah. 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 It's great. Cause it's, t- it's talking about how how skilled Cal is with the spear and that all of his moves, yep. all of his training is now enhanced by it, not granted to him by, the, by this, that this power, um, Cal would be You're this right. good without the stormlight, except that he can last longer, hit faster, you know, hit stronger. He like all of his natural abilities are just enhanced. He's still one of the best spearmen Tef's probably ever seen. It's just now he's on another level. He's ne- he's never seen it. Well, that's it. It says here right in the text. It says this wasn't just Stormlight. Mm-hmm. This was a master of the spear, right? With his capacity enhanced to astonishing levels. Yeah, I love so, that. What yeah, a good it's line. Just, it's on. Un- it's unreal that he's. It's his talent that he's worked at for so long. And then, you know, brought to, um, a new height, if you will. Teft is so amazed by this that he doesn't even really think about his hurt arm anymore. He's just like his wounded arm didn't seem to hurt as much as it should. It's cause he's like, you know, he's just so enraptured yeah. by watching Kaladin. He's not even thinking about his hurt arm. I really like what Dre, he says, 
He says yeah. he's like a part of the wind itself, pulled down and given life, not a man at all, a spren. That's amazing. Scar asks Sigzil, Sigzil, have you ever seen anything like this? The dark-skinned man shook his head. Stormfather, yeah, this, like, this, this, he, so Pete says, Stormfather, what, what is he? And I love Tef's response here. He's yeah. our bridge leader and he needs our help. And he sh- I love how he shouts out these orders. First and second teams, you take to the left side. Don't let the Prashendi get around him. Third and fourth teams, you're with me on the right. Rock and Lopin, you'd be ready to pull back any, any wounded. The rest of you, wrinkled wall formation. Don't attack, just stay alive and keep them back. And Lopin, toss him a spear that isn't broken. I love that. <laughs> dude, we get later. That was, my fir- that was my first dude moment. I was yeah. like, oh my. God, he's been doing all of this with a broken spear. Are well, he, you kidding me? No, he ends up breaking it sometime in this. So oh, when he jumps he? across, okay. it's 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 good. And then he breaks it in this little part here, in this little uh, POV. Right. But then Tef's like, he's, his spear's broken, man. Yeah. You got to get him another yeah, one. And then we, later yeah. on in the chapter, we get that Cal's like, Lopin's been... S- throwing him a steady Supplying stream him. of spears. That's he just right. keeps, whack, I, know. I broke I, it. I need another one. Whack, I broke that one. Yeah. <laughs> he needs I something stronger than wood. He needs some Beskar. He needs he needs a Beskar spear. That's what he, he needs. He needs some Beskar. Yeah. Kaladin with a Beskar spear. Forget about it. Wow. It'd be over. Look, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> forget about it, Mando. Yeah, dude. Forget it, Amanda. <laughs> Move over, Amanda. So let me, uh, let me ask you a question here before we change POVs again. Um, okay. Did you yep. think that um, while Cal was training these mm-hmm. men in the Chasm, that they would ever use their abilities against the Parshendi? Like the plan was to survive out in the no. escape and have to I... fight Sadius's men. But did you think that they would ever be part of this, like a plateau run like this? No, I wasn't anticipating uh, this. I don't think at all. Um Although I think that once, once the betrayal of Sadius had occurred, I thought, well, there's only one person who can't, or not even one person, there's only one group right. who has the chance to help Dalinar. They've been and heading in this forward. direction, so, right? So I thought, well, one, it was only clear once Sadius's betrayal to me was, was secured. And even that betrayal, I, I... I had seen it coming, but I was still even, even afterwards thinking, well, you know, perhaps it's for some other reason, but that's exactly the same line of thought I thought about Amaram. Right. And I was wrong about that. So, um, um, it's going to be really, really interesting to read about. And I hope they do deal with it either in this book or in the next is what's the aftermath? What's the relationship between Dalinar, if Dalinar survives? What's the relationship between him and Sadius going forward? And I would just yeah. say at the end of this chapter, like everything has changed. Nothing's yeah. going back to the way it was. No, for sure. But that's what was said. But what what is it going to be like? Right. I'm really curious about that. And that's and that's provided Dalinar survives. Yeah, because he th- says at the end of the chapter that like any high prince that would have been in Sadius's shoes would have done the same. So yes, he hates Sadius for what he did, but it's the Alethi way doing this is the Alethi way. And so he can't almost blame him for doing it, except that he was trusting him and hope that they would be best friends again. Right? Like, so yeah, we get a POV change again here. 
Um, we're back to yeah. We're, so Dalinar, Dalinar is striking down these Parshendi, um, the swordsmen, and the Cobalt Guard is right with him. Leaps off the incline, uh, the the incline right behind him, and it says here they were doomed. Yeah. Those he's looking over at the at the bridgemen. Those bridgemen would be dead by now. Yeah. But Dalinar blessed them for their sacrifice. It might have been meaningless as an end, but it had changed the journey. Yeah. And I, I remember reading yeah, you that and I sent that. that to you. I texted you that because I'm like, wow, like it has, yeah. Like knowing that there was a bridge crew that was there fighting to get to them, to help them, to perchance save them, that had changed the experience of the journey. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not Dalinar yeah, it's... thinking, yes, yes, we're saved. This is like, the... he's not thinking destination. No. He's thinking the journey. Even in the moment of battle, even against these great odds, he's still thinking journey, which is awesome. Yeah. It gets back to what we said last episode, where once Adelin bought into all this, Dalinar is forever changed now. He's, he is this person now. There's, there's no going right. back. There's no second guessing. One of the little parts I want to I want to point out right in the first uh, paragraph is that he says he's charred, mm. charred over, uh, charged over bodies running up a short incline, throwing himself in a leap, dropping several feet, sweeping out with his blade. His armor was an enormous weight upon his back. Right. But the energy of his struggle kept him going. An enormous mm-hmm. weight upon the back like a bridge. Is yep. As soon as I read that this time, I yep. thought, it's just like the men carrying the bridge. Now Dalinar is having to carry this shard plate around. Whereas before, you know, it, when it's like completely intact, it gives you strength and speed and it makes you do these amazing things. But as right. it starts to crack, it becomes heavier and heavier and it becomes yep. this weight upon your back, like the men carrying a bridge. So right. I just wanted to point that out. No, that's very, very cool. I like how it says here too, um, that, um, his soldiers, when he's mentioning about the journey, um, uh, being changed as a result of seeing these bridgemen fight to get to them. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, this was how his soldiers should fall, not cornered and frightened, yeah. but fighting with passion. Yep. He would not slide quickly into the dark. Yeah. I like that. I love it. It has yeah. to do with what Adeline just said, right? Where they're, they're not fighting to kill, they're fighting to live. It's kind of the same thing. This is how he wants his men to go out fighting with passion. You know, not slaughtering and stuff. I love this. Exactly. He bursts out into open stone and he's actually stunned. He's like, we, we did it. We, we've cut through. Right. Just ahead of him, a final group of Parshendi lay between Dalinar and the chasm, but their backs were turned to him and he's wondering why. And he says, the bridgemen, the bridgemen were fighting. Yeah. Dalinar gaped. His, his jaw is open, lowering Oathbringer with numb arms. Yeah. So there's the numb, the numbness again. That little force of bridgemen held the bridgehead. It was the most amazing, most glorious thing Dalinar had ever seen. Yeah, right? And it is, dude. It and that's so is. coming from the Black Thorn. Yeah. Yeah. That line means a lot. It's, it's awesome. It's what we had hoped. Adeline lets out a whoop. So I kind of, <laughs> so whoop. So whenever I hear a whoop, I'm thinking Arsenio. So I was trying to get that out of my head when I was first reading it. Oh, like I'm a like, whoop. There it I is. I don't, Al, Adeline is whooping. He's doing whoop, whoop, whoop. Adeline is literally, uh, was literally born in 1976. What? 
Ar- no, Ar- Arsenio. Yeah, I know, like because if he was born in 1976, 90s. he would have been of age to know oh, who Arsenio Hall was. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, he's born in 70. He's, yeah. Um, so I had to laugh. I was chuckling a little bit. I'm like, whoop. He's, no, no, Adeline's not whooping. No, he wouldn't. Maybe it was more but of I, like a like a Ric Flair whoop, like a. <laughs> like I'm a... just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Dalinar is like he's yelling to his men to go, go, give them support. Um, if those bridgemen fall, we're all dead. Yeah. And I love this gallant and sure blood. Adeline's Rishadium galloped past, carrying three wounded each. Yeah, I love that. That that the horses are integral to this to this battle. And uh, working just as hard as the men. Yeah, he says that um, uh, Dalinar hated leaving wounded men behind. Yeah. But the, but codes, the codes were very clear. Protecting the men mm-hmm. he could save was more important. More important. Which really yeah. sucks because there's probably a lot of men that could be saved on that battlefield, but they're going to be left behind. Yep. yep. Um, the enemy troops were parting. There standing among them was a seven foot tall giant. Of a Parshendi gleaming in silver shard plate. His shard plate was wicked and barbed like flames frozen into metal. Now, Dalinar says, now you come. Why not earlier, Dalinar demanded. He breaks into wind stance. Why wait until, why wait out the entire battle only to attack now? And then it dawns on him. Now he knows. He's like, oh, because I'm about to get away. Right. Now that Dalinar might escape, the potential loss of a plate and blade was too great. And so the Shardbearer had been sent to fight him. Yeah. So this could be Eshenai. I, I'm not positive at this point, but it could be. It's a be. good guess. I mean, there's... Um... So that that could be what the chapter's all about, is this, this fellow. Now, at, <laughs> I couldn't help but think, I'm like, wow, I just wish that... I wish Adeline or... Uh, or Dalinar had a gun, like Indiana Jones. So when the when the crowd breaks and you got this big guy and it's like, yeah, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this. I just want to get across the bridge and go home, okay? Yeah. So bam. Like, bye. seriously, I got no time for this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Like, Here, seven someone foot hit him tall. with a cannon or something. Eshenai, whatever your name is. Like, I, I can't do this. Beefcake. Sorry, let's I'm go. Just, I'm done. Yeah. Here's my, here's, my, here's my shard pistol. Done. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, Dalinar thinks <laughs> that uh, it won't be too long until his plate gives completely gives out. Because he's having a really, really hard time right now. It's really low on stormlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he like checks out his enemy's stance, and it's very unfamiliar to him. It's not like one right. of the stances he knows. But and then he realizes practiced. that the the line says, "This wasn't a savage playing with a powerful weapon. This was a trained shard bearer." So like just the way that the that this shard bearer is like holding right. themselves um, is speaks. He he's like it's just not someone who picked up the forced, weapon and doesn't know how to use it. Forced to parry as well in this and right. stance was not uh, uh, so accommodating to that tactic. So mm-hmm. even even Dalinar having, you know, uh, engaged in this battle, he is also out of his comfort zone too. Right. He tends to, he tends to default to win stance a lot, which yeah. again, it might have, it gaming. might be the kind of thing where it's like the first thing he ever learned how to do. And so it's like his, could be his basic what he's thing. Mastered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The blades met with a furious clang, throwing off a shower of sparks like a bucket of molten metal dashed <laughs> into the air. <sighs> Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, thank you very much for that lovely description. Um, then he turned and leaped onto a small rock. This is Dalinar. Yeah, this is awesome. And stepped up higher onto a ledge and managed to get to the top of the high ground. The Parshendi followed as Dalinar had hoped. Uh, but the Parshendi didn't bother dodging. He took a hit to the helm. 
which cracked, but gained a chance uh, to swing at Dalinar. The Parshendi makes an aggressive thrust towards Dalinar. But Dalinar kept moving and swinging his sword for uh, on his own attack. Not at the Prashendi's armor. I love this. Oh, I love reading this. Yeah, me too. The experience of reading this for the first time is amazing. Um, but Dalinar kept moving, swinging his sword for his own attack, but not at the Prashendi's armor, but at the stone beneath him. Um, under his, the, the rock shelf under his opponent's feet, the entire section broke free, sending the shard bearer tumbling backward toward the ground. He hit with a crash. It's amazing. so awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's a great um, tactic because he's like, I'm too weak. I can't, uh, I'm not going to be able to like overpower this thing, yeah. but I am a smarter fighter. I've been fighting. I am the Blackthorn. And this is where he loses his gauntlet at this right. point. Yeah, because he parries with the uh, the arm <sighs> brace. That's right. It just it destroys and, it. And he can't, right. And so because the arm brace is gone... The mm-hmm. um, it, shoulder pauldrons and the glove aren't connected anymore. So it's right. actually just heavier so to carry around his gauntlet. So he's like, screw this. Right. I'm dropping the gauntlet. Yep, I'm dropping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he slices through another uh, chunk of rock after he takes off the gauntlet and it falls down towards the shard bear as well. Unfortunately, though, yeah, he, Dalinar's right leg using... was dragging. And when he reached the ground, he walks. He's now walking with a limp. He's gritting his teeth and stopping as the Parshendi stands up. He'd been too slow. Yeah. The other Parshendi watched silently, forming a ring, but not interfering. Dalinar raises his blade, holding it in one gauntleted hand and one bare. The breeze was cold on his clammy, exposed hand. There was no use running. He fought here. And then we have yeah. another He's going to make POV his stance change. here, yeah. Oh, I, just I love, love that the, part uh, where again. he's... Where he's at the top, you you know you read it <laughs> yeah. where he uh, cuts the uh, the rock formation underneath and the right. shard bear falls, but yes. it, that's not it. He cuts another no, swath another of rock s- out, yeah, and out. uses it as a projectile. <laughs> it lets yeah. it fall on him. It's so great. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, because he knows going toe to toe, it's like you're exchanging blows, right? You know what I mean. And the and the longer he remains up close with that battle the more hits he will ultimately take and he'll keep destroying his armor. Like his only chance right. is to really get more distance right. from his opponent. Exactly that. Kind of like last night's D&D game. Yeah, it was. I had to run away a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, point of view changed back to Kaladin. Kaladin felt fully awake and alive. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now this, yeah, I, he feels I, whole I, for I, the I, first time. I got to read this. It says the beauty of the spear whistling in the air, the unity of body and mind, hands and feet reacting instantly faster than thoughts could be formed. The clarity and familiarity of the old spear forms learned during the most terrible time in his life. His weapon was an extension of himself. He moved it as easily and instinctively as he did his fingers. Spinning, he cut through the Parshendi, bringing retribution to those who had slaughtered so many of his friends. Repayment for each and every arrow loosed at his flesh. Amazing. So good. You know, (laughs) this this calls back to that first moment when he, you know, when he was a kid and he had that spear in Mm. his hand for the first time and Mm. you could feel it. He could almost feel that. 
It's almost like that was foreshadowing to this, but it's also like Cal could feel like I could do this. You know, I I could be a soldier. It's kind of like the first time when I, when I ate chocolate, I thought I can do this. Like I'm (laughs) really natural. This feels really like I can eat, I can eat chocolate. Like I can, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to screw me being a surgeon. I want to be a chocolate eater. Yeah. I mean, no manner. Like I, I'm not going to turn down a candy bar. He was I a mean, whirlwind of chocolate eating, spinning through his living room, frenzy. devouring chocolate eggs. Yeah. Chocolate <laughs> shavings ripped into the air. <laughs> Foil strewn on the ground. <laughs> Foil wrappers. Oh, God. Um, with story- if you didn't know we were recording on Easter weekend, that's if that's not a clear yeah, indication there, of when there, this there, was there recorded. There might be a little a little chocolate involved in the in the season yeah. while we while we record this. Yeah. Um, the stormlight making an ecstatic pulse within him. I thought that was interesting, and he felt the mm-hmm. rhythm for battle. Yeah. Uh, so I, I underlined the word rhythm here because I thought, wow, that's that could be one of the first drops of rhythm being potentially a new theme echoing into further novels. I know I know some of the titles of the right. other novels, right? So Words right, of Radiance and yeah. I think it's Oath. Is it Oathbringer? Mm-hmm. Is another novel. And then Yeah. Isn't it Rhythm of War? It is, yes. Yeah. Right. So See he I did, he um he says that it uh, uh felt a rhythm to the battle almost like the beat of the Parshendi's song. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I find that interesting as well. They now attack in waves, these Barshendi. They'd leaped onto the other side to attack from that direction, but Moash had led Bridgman to respond there. Amazingly, they had held. Yeah, I and like Syl, that. Sill was riding the waves of stormlight that rose from his skin, moving like a leaf on the winds of a storm. Ugh, again, this imagery is just lousy throughout this, but I'm just so happy for it. It's just, it's been mm-hmm. a beautiful way to experience this story. It's like a leaf in the wind. It, it's Yeah, just it's being taken. Amazing. Enraptured, he'd never seen anything like this before. So, oh, I just, I love these moments. Um, so together with his men, they're pushing the Parshendi back. There's killing, there's slaughtering. He's trying not to pay too much attention to that because they were the enemy. And again, we've had this thought in this series before that that must be the way a soldier must think. You can't, how can you care on the battlefield? How, how can you, this is your opponent. This is your enemy. Yeah. If you stop to care, um, I I don't think they were the enemy yet. The sheer glory of what he did seemed at odds with the desolation he caused. Right. He was protecting, he was saving, yet he was killing. How could something so terrible be so beautiful at the same time? This gets back to what his dad said, right? You you can't kill to protect. And he says, and Cal's thought is, yes, yes, you can. You can protect, you can kill and protect at the same time. But man, is it ever a fine line? It's a, to be honest with you, I think that's, um, there's a phrase I think called squaring the circle. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the things that mankind will wrestle with forever, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Caught it. Uh, so I love this. Lopin tosses him a new spear. I'm a, this is amazing. The Herdazian was collecting them from the fallen nearby. And yeah, so yeah. Just, <laughs> I just find it hilarious that Kaladin is fighting and fighting. And Lopin's job is, look, keep supplying our bridge leader. <laughs> He's going through his spears like toothpicks. Just w- keep, you know. 
I wish we could have like a like a fan uh, written part of what Lopin's doing at this moment. Where like you know the Moash has you know gone across the other side of the bridge to make sure that any Parshendi leap across the chasm that there's there to to fight them, and then the other guys are at the front of them, and then Kaladin just a storm of spear, and then Lopin's going, "Hey, Gancho, 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 here's another spear." You know how uh, you know how Peter Parker in in the Avengers yeah. film he was he he did that part where he's got his like little camera and he's having his own video. He's like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, this is amazing. You're not even gonna believe this. You're not even gonna believe what's going on. Captain America's fighting and it's unbelievable. Oh wait, I, I I gotta go because I gotta I, I gotta throw I have to throw another spear to him. So hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Like that's Lopin. Okay, Gancho, here you go. Okay, guys, this is amazing. You're not even gonna believe this. He's just jumping like, he, like he's absorbing he's, the stormlight from from the Parshendi beards. It's, you know, he's like, on a call with all of his cousins. Yeah, he's talking to like his five hundred. <laughs> yeah, Cousins. Cousins, you won't even yeah. believe, guys, what's happening over here. <laughs> <laughs> we need the tome, the tome of Lopin. Yeah, Lopin's um, perspective on all, on on these events. But he um he uh, ends up uh, um Cal here ends up um coming to the realization that he he's really impressed with the Parshendi. I know. I love this. Yeah, yeah. He respects them as he he's killing them. Two, he respects them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two or four at a time, um, never more. And their attacks were careful and controlled. Each pair fought. Okay, there's a thing I got to read up c- coming up here. Mm-hmm. Each pair fought as a team. They seemed to respect him for his skill. Right. And then backing away. So um, most telling, they seemed to back away from fighting Scar and Teft who were wounded. Right. So not interested in going after the easy kill. They're focusing on Kaladin. And again, uh, you had mentioned this earlier. These were not the wild, uncultured savages he had been led to expect. Right. These were professional soldiers who held to an honorable battlefield ethic he had found absent in most of the Alethi. In them, yeah, he found what he'd always hoped he would find in the soldiers of the Shattered Plains. Yeah, dude. <sighs> How amazing is that? All That's that time ago, That's fighting amazing. in Amram's army, dreaming of coming to dreaming the Shattered Plains. Dreaming of going to Amram's to f- army. Yeah, to find. Well, and, then, and then while in it, dreaming of going to the Shattered Plains. Right, to find yes. the soldiers that would he would fit in with most, the ones that had the, the honor and everything, and he found it in the enemy. It's his enemy. I like. <laughs> it's so again, poetic. It's, it, you know what? It's kind of like Zeth. It's like. I mean, Brandon Mr. Sanderson doesn't want you to get too comfy. Right. In any in any of these slippers. Like he I don't know why he mentioned slippers. <laughs> it's, I like um, it. <laughs> oh, I should have said moccasins. Um because I'm wearing mine and I love them. Um no, I I think that uh you know like with like with Zeth, you know, you, it's it, you're conflicted. He's he's a killer. He is an he's an unbelievably talented killer. Right. But yet he's he's weeping inside as a result. There's a just dichotomous conflict right and then you've got that present in in Kaladin as well like he the very thing he's been searching for he finds in the in the people that he's slaughtering right it's like crazy that is that has got to <laughs> like that that is messed up yeah it I, is. I don't know how else to I don't know how else to put it I mean if I were in that position I don't think I could kill something that I've felt had honor about it yeah. or value like I but he's I also think I could do I mean, it he's doing it's it weird. for honor which is also I messed know, up i know i yeah. know it's very com- it's very complex 
I like how he's like, um, he wasn't certain. He found how himself long respecting the Pershendia as he killed him. I'm sorry, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. That's, that's the, uh, yeah, he, um, <laughs> he, he wasn't certain how long he had been fighting. And mm-hmm. this gets back yeah. to what we said last episode where it could have been two hours. It literally could have been seven rounds in D&D. You're, there's no way of knowing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no telling. No telling how long this has been going. It's going to be going on for yeah. forever. Actually, it feels like forever, but actually, actually uh, Gantro, it's only been uh, six rounds. Yeah, you've only, yeah, it's, it hasn't <laughs> been that long, Gantro. Here's another or, spear, or three, Gantro! Yeah, or if it was six rounds, it'd be that'd be two rounds in 3.5. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Cal is slightly disappointed when Adeline finally breaks through and comes to support him. He thinks to himself, I, right. I'm slightly disappointed by this because I was, right. you know, I'm a living storm and this is awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, okay, so we have some backup. Okay, I guess that's good. That's okay. Right. <laughs> I like... Um... Another indication that they were not the simple-minded humans, the light eyes claimed they were. They'd seen what Kaladin was doing, and they'd come without their gemstones. Right. Yes. So they're countering the move. They're noticing what Kaladin's doing and right. countering it. Yeah, it's very I smart thought, of them. Yeah, I, when I was first reading that, I thought, okay, so they're, if they're onto that, then... This could be heading in the and wrong And it's funny because Cal is also smart in the sense that he sees now that um, Adeline and the Cobalt Guard and these soldiers have come through. So he hasn't fully reinfused himself with Stormlight. He's holding on just enough to keep himself mm-hmm. from collapsing. He he just right. doesn't want to be a shining beacon of light, right? Like, I mean, that would be, be a, a little be, weird. Be a beacon? That's an ex- obscure film reference for anyone out there. Be be a beacon for those out there who want to know the source of that. Be a beacon. I don't know what See that's See the from. movie called Sneakers. Oh, God. That's freaking old, One of man. my all-time favorite films. That's a low Robert movie. Redford, I don't think I've ever River seen it Phoenix. since since it came out, like since 94 or whatever it it's was. It's an unbelievable movie. It's my, one of my favorite things. Sorry, ever. what was okay. that word again? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Bleh. You just add bleh on the end of B-L-E. It's B-L-E. <laughs> it's B-L-E, but it's bleh. Um, but it could be B-L-E-H. Okay. So Cal gets a report um, from Rock, and Rock tells him that uh, they've suffered some casualties. They have three dead. So Malop, unfortunately, yes, Earless Jax yeah. and Earless Narm Jax are dead. Narm, yeah. um, Earless Jax has been with us since the beginning. He was one of the foils against Kaladin, but obviously bought in because he you know, he died fighting for the ideals that they, they wanted to fight for. Um, they've got five seriously yep. wounded, but Rock and Lopen have tended to them. And yes, this dude is one of my favorite parts of this is that he's taught them all to be field medics now. Is how talented they are at taking care of. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I know. It's like, well, again, it's. They're all proficient in medicine now. They all have, mm-hmm. they, they all took a proficiency in medicine. It's awesome. Yep. Yep. So he's, he's telling the men to pull back across. Teft, you're in command. Moash, you're strong enough to stay with me? Sure yeah. am. He's got a grin on his bloody face. Yeah. He looked excited, yeah. not exhausted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I love this. I just want to see this character. I want, we've got to do more. Uh, you, you'll have to share with me maybe more fan art or something like that. Of like Moash and yeah, Drake like, and I want, I, want, I want to see these characters as depicted by, by others, you know, with their mm-hmm. imaginations and what, what they come up with. For sure. Um, I'll curate some stuff for you so you're not spoiled. 
who's who okay i love this he, he, so he's making his way up to um a group of uh of soldiers who's in command here and the, <laughs> this the is soldiers. awesome it it uh, bright lord delinar immediate command who's your captain dead and my company lord and his second kaladin thinks across the bridge with you i need an officer who's in, who's in command of the of, of the of the retreat dalinar's son adeline over there uh i found bright lord havar he's commander of the rear guard so he goes over um uh, he's got an, an enormous gut wound who's his second dead and you are nakom gaval he says you're promoted Get these men across the bridge. I love this. Kaladin just take. Kaladin's behaving like a general right now. Yeah, he, you're promoted. He literally Get promoted a ac- dude in the middle of a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or he's he a was, commander at least. A he commander. was living in the slime and the guck like two weeks ago, having to salvage uh, spears off dead men in the chasms, and now he's like, right. "You're promoted." <laughs> Get these men across the bridge as quickly as possible. If anyone asks, you've been given a field commission as commander of the rear guard. If anyone claims to outrank you, send them to me. I love that. Send them to me. <laughs> love it. Promoted. Who are you? Can, can can you do that? Someone needs to go get to work. And then he shouts, "Go!" I yeah. love this. This is so amazing. Uh, the, the the light-eyed men saluted him. Yeah. So I think he made a really fantastic persuasion check there. So. I think he did too. Yeah. <laughs> or intimidation check, or both. Um, but it works because within f- a few minutes, the mass of the army starts to go across the bridge. Right. Within minute, yeah, the central mass goes across, yeah, like sand in an hourglass. I love yeah. that description. The ring of fighting uh, contracted. Still, the men screamed and died in the archaic. I love the way this is worded. Again, I just I love the the wordsmithing that's going on in the archaic tumult of sword against shield. And spear against metal. I just like that the ar- the the archic tumult, the anarchic, like anarchy. Anarchic, yeah. Sorry, anarchic. That's it. Anarchic tumult. Yeah, yeah like there's just yeah, that's an <laughs> anarchy amazing... and chaos everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, Calvin he goes and finds. Pulled, uh, he pulls pulled the carapace off his armor. I love this. Enraging the Parsheni didn't feel like the wise thing to do at this moment. Yeah. So he yeah, takes no. it off. Didn't make sense. <laughs> Time to take, yeah. it, take it off, yeah. Find someone in command. Um, someone with a steel breastplate and matching helm. You commanding the bridgeman? I do, says Kaladin. Why aren't your men moving across the bridge? We are the Cobalt Guard. Our duty is to protect Bright Lord Adeline. Where is the High Prince? We're not sure. His guardsmen have vanished. You have to pull back. The bulk of the army is across. If you remain here, you'll be surrounded. We will not leave Bright Lord Adeline. I'm sorry. Kaladin mm. says, fine. And he moves to the front line. Yeah. At the front line, these Parshendi did have gemstones. Yeah, Kaladin so he's like, I'll take a little bit of stormlight. this. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take some of this. And he launches into a full attack, stunning the Cobalt Guard. He tears through Moash on his heels. I love that. I mean, I mean, most of this is is, is battle description, but I just I just love yeah, the way he, that it flows. He makes his way through towards Adeline, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line here I want to read. Um, Adeline sure. cut down through multiple men at once, but as Kaladin had had seen only once before, his blade did not slice flesh. Parshendi eyes burned right. and blackened and dozen fell dead. Adeline collecting corpses around him like ripened fruit falling from a tree. From a tree. Yeah. It's just yeah. like. I had that one underlined too. Oh my God, man. Like. And. And just before that too, Kaladin had never seen. So when he sees Adeline, mm-hmm. he'd never seen a suit of plate of shard plate in such a terrible state. Right. So it's like his son, Adeline is just on his last legs. Yeah. Just like, like Dalinar, right? Like there's just, just like Dalinar, just barely yeah. holding on. Right. Um, so yeah, Adeline is fighting and then Cal's trying to get his attention. He says, you know, Cal, it says, Catalan didn't dare step into range. Adeline, call in, he bellowed. And the men kept fighting. And there's a little, I want to read this part. Okay. Cause yeah, it made me think of something. Mm-hmm. He says, Adeline, call in. Caledon yelled again, feeling a little puff of stormlight leave him. His voice, a voice booming. I, I've read this book like six times, dude. And yeah. this time it made me think, did he use Stormlight to enhance his to voice? make his voice. That's what I thought. I didn't, I never caught that I thought before. This, I thought the same thing. His voice booming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of that moment in uh, Lord of the Rings when Gandalf has to use magic to enhance his voice because yes. he's, he like, says, don't just take so me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. Yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to rob you. Right. right. He raises his voice. Yeah. yeah it's an, it's yeah. an intimidation tactic yeah, or an so enhancement. I, it tactic. almost feels like that moment where Cal mm. can't be heard. And so just right. this, the, the little puff of stormlight leave, leave yeah. him. Um, maybe yeah. he infused his voice somehow yeah. with, I, with, with stormlight. It, you're, not, you're, you're not alone in thinking that. I, I thought the same thing. I yeah, know yeah, it's cool. cool. It's really, really neat. So, uh, who are you, Adeline demands? So, so that obviously got Adeline's attention. Right. <laughs> right. So who are you? I'm the man who saved your life, Kaladin says. I need you to order the retreat. Your troops can't fight here any longer. My father's out there, Bridgman. I like how he calls him Bridgman. Right. Still nothing, right? Uh, it's still nothing. Yeah. It's 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 neat that that little bit gets, you know, Kaladin gets grounded again a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, My father's out there, Bridgman. I saw him just moments ago. His Rishadium went for him, but neither horse nor... Uh, nor man has returned. I'm going to lead a squad to, you're going to retreat, Kaladin yeah. says. Look at your men, Colin. They can barely keep their feet, let, let alone fight. You're losing dozens by the minute. You need to get them out. I won't abandon my father. For the peace of... Ugh, if you fall, Adeline Colin, these men have nothing. Their commanders are wounded or dead. You can't go to your father. You can barely walk. I repeat, get your men to safety. Oh, it's amazing. I love how tense this, this whole thing mm-hmm. is. It's amazing. And then Adeline's like, he's so close. Like he, he's so close. He, he, I could like a barely, I could almost see him kind of thing. He's so almost close. See him. Yeah. And then Cal's like, takes a deep breath. I'll go yeah. for him. Yeah. You lead the retreat, hold the bridge, but only the bridge. Right. And then Adeline's like, okay, well take some of my guard. He's like, captain, uh, captain Lord Mellon, take your soldiers and go with this man and get my father out. And then Cal right. does the same thing. He says to Moash, go with Adeline, go with the Sprite Lord. You know, protect him kind yeah, of thing. Moash is like, but I, I want to go with you, man. I love you, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's do like, it, Moash. Do it, Moash. Yeah. yeah. Protect Adeline. Yeah. And he and he does it. He does. He does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, this is the first time, dude. This is it. This is the first time yeah. we get our t- two characters from separate parts of the story to meet. You know. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I, well, that's I, it. Adeline Colon. He yells out with a booming voice. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. What, you know, uh, our, what is it, Bridgman? You know, this kind of thing. You like, know, it's all lead up, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Shalon is in the room when Yasna is talking to her uncle. And yeah. then um, Adeline Colin is helping a prostitute on the street and uh, um, Kaladin sees. And then there's a moment where Dalinar raises his sword in salute to the Bridgman because he helped them out on the plateau. But we actually have two characters that were separate now together. Yeah. yeah now and we don't even really get to enjoy it because the battle is so crazy. It's so intense. It's so intense that we don't even get to really relish the fact that our no. two characters have met each other and this is awesome. Right. Yeah. No, it's too chaotic. Within yeah. moments he'd reached where Dalinar was, had, where he'd been fighting, there he thought leaping forward and we get our POV change. Yeah. So POV change, we're back to Dalinar. Yeah. Uh, Dalinar looks up in shock as Gallant, his his uh, his um, Rishadium, charges into the open ring of the Parsheni that was surrounding him uh, with this uh, this fight with uh, this seven-foot-tall Shardbearer. Yeah, he, he thinks, had how come the, to him. Yeah, how did it come? Why did it, why was it here? It should already right. be across the bridge onto the staging plateau. Right. A, this is this is brutal. The Shardbearer bearing down on him. The Shardbearer kicked, smashing his foot against Dalinar's chest. A blow to the helm. Another. Another. Yeah. The helm exploded, and the force of the blows left Dalinar dazed. Why was he pinned behind something so heavy? It was the shard plate. Yeah. Weighing down on it. It's weighing him down completely now. Yeah. But a breeze breeze blew across across his his face. There you go. There it is, pal. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. His Um, enemy stood over him, looming, seemed to inspect him, as if searching for something. And then the accent was nearly impenetrable, but the words were in Alethi. It is you, the shard bearer said. I have found you at last. Right. Dalinar blinked in surprise. He is, he is completely delusional right now. We have to make this plain and clear. Dalinar thinks he's losing his mind. I, well, he certainly he doesn't understand. The head. He doesn't understand what's going on because he's he's saying right. things like, you know, why why don't you just finish me? Like like, right. what are you doing? And then he speaks in this Alethi language, which I believe he understands, right? Yeah, yeah. So and and, and like yeah, so he must think that he's almost in another dream sequence or something like that. Yeah, he thinks that that Sharber bear couldn't be talking uh, talking to him. Dalinar had been hit too hard on the head. He must be delusional. What was that disturbance in the ring of Parshendi watchers? Right. And then he thinks to oh, himself that it's Sadius. Dude, Sadius has come yeah, back to save me. We we got to talk about this. Yeah. Because because this is what I had thought. Like when when Sadius, I still retain this little bit of hope, just like I did with the Amaram. Yeah. Just like I did when Sadius betrayed him and leaves him on the on the shattered plains. Mm-hmm. I thought oh, there's some, and here is Dalinar almost confessing the same little bit of hope that I had had. Right. Sadius Dalinar found himself thinking, his mind confused. He's come to rescue me as I rescued him. Yeah. Oh, when, when, I, when I first read that, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, it brought me closer to Dalinar because I still reserved that little bit. Even though I knew, yes, he's Sadius, and yeah. yes, he's a, mm-hmm. he behaves like an Alethi high prince. He's got really no interest in the codes. And he's been, you know, using uh, Dalinar, using his friendship, getting close to him as a posi- as a way of abandoning him and truly 
decimating uh, House Colon. Yeah. Well, certainly getting certainly get, getting rid of this uh, heretic, this uh, this uh, Blackthorn who's gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel them, bad for him because even in these last it, moments, he thinks come, he's going to he die. Says, I know he will. I will gather them. Suddenly a figure explodes through the Prashendi, but it's not Sadius at all. No. A young man with a strong face and long, curling black hair. He carried a spear. And he was glowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I know. Like, it's amazing. Another POV change. We go back to Kaladin. Kaladin lands in this open circle. Yeah. Um, and he, what does he do? He slams his spear into the crack, uh, of the, uh, armor, doesn't he? Of the, yeah. Uh, he, he says, so memory flashing back to the time when he rescued Amaram, Kaladin got yes. in close and slammed the spear in the crack. So he remembered, right. this is how you do it. Right. This is how you do it. And last time he did it for someone who wasn't worthy. And now he's hoping to do it again for someone who is worthy. Right. Right. Um, the shard bearer screams at this, stumbling, the falling to his knees, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kaladin, Kaladin tried in, to get his spear his free, but he crumbles on top of it. It's okay, go ahead. That's interesting. Say sorry to say that again. Uh, Kaladin tries to pull his spear free, but the, but the, the shard bearer, the Prashendi, crumples on top of it, snapping the shaft. Right. So there's Lopin. You want another one? Yeah. Lopin's not around for this one. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, the Parshendi, uh, yeah. So Stormlight is streaming from, um, from the Parshendi's, from this Parshendi Shardbearer's body, but there's silence. Yeah. And then they began speaking again, the Parshendi, the words they'd said before, Neshua Kadal. Yeah. They, they passed it among themselves, whispering, looking confused. When they began to chant a song he'd never heard before, or then they began chanting a song that yeah. he'd never heard, heard before. Good enough, Kaladin thought, so long as they weren't attacking him. Yeah, he goes um, over and grabs he, the reins of the horse and yep, brings it back over yep. to Dalinar. Brings it back over, yep. What do you think this uh, Neshua Kadal means? I think it's a name for... Um, Someone that they believe uh, to be um, the deliverer uh, of the Parshendi, like a specific person in folklore. Maybe I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. I'm just making a guess. I don't yeah, know. That's that's what I want you to do. The Neshua, the Neshua Kadel. Um, again, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too much into this at all. I don't know Neshua. Um, very close to Joshua. Joshua Kadal tree, and Joshua was the um, uh, potentially the um, well, you know uh, uh, name for Jesus, right? Believe. Joshua. The Joshua. the translation for Jesus is is uh, is Joshua, or I forget the how it's spelled I E um, S H U A or something like that in the. Uh, I, I, I'm not a, I don't remember very well on that. It just, it just sounds like a name that could describe a deliverer, a prophet, um, something like that. Um, let's just say, uh, potentially a, a personage of, of that represents hope, right? Uh, a personage that represents, um, an end to conflict or the beginning of unity or harmony, mm-hmm. something like that. 
that would be my guess. And maybe they see that in Kaladin. Maybe. That's very possible. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. We have a um, um, another the last POV change of the chapter here. Yeah. Yeah, go And ahead. we're back with Dalinar. Mm-hmm. And he's wondering what, what had caused the shard bearer to fall. Yeah. Cause he's, cause he's kind of in and out of like his consciousness. Not, not, not really, but things are so mushy in his face that he just doesn't, right. he doesn't understand what's happening. Right. Yeah. Holding Gallant's reins, the young man waved at Dalinar urgently. Dalinar forcing himself to his feet. That shard plate, Dalinar thought, looking at the kneeling Parshendi, a shard blade. I could feel my promise to Renarin, if I could only take it. Yeah. Uh, on your horse, Light Eyes, is all that, that's all that Kaladin says to him. Right. So kind of like when, when he was uh, um, being referred to by Adeline Bridgman. as Bridgman, yeah. being reduced, how would I reduce you? You're just a Light Eyes. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly that. We should finish him. We would, on your horse, uh, 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 Kaladin is commanding. Yeah. You're supposed to be an honorable one, the spearman snarled. Yeah. Well, your men won't leave without you, and my men won't leave without them. So you will get on your horse, and we will escape this death trap. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dalinar met the young man's eyes, then nodded. Of course he was right. They had to leave the enemy shardbearer. How would they get the armor out anyway? Retreat, Dalinar bellows to his soldiers. Gallant sprangs into a gallop. I yeah. love this. Um, the bridge is still being held by uh, Adelin and uh, the Cobalt Guard at this point. Mm-hmm. And the Parshendi don't give chase because they decide that no. they are going to harvest the chrysalis. Right. That's what and they are. The this is what all this started Neshua, this, right? Hadal, and this new song they're chanting. Like yeah. something, something happened. That was an event. Yep. I don't know what it means, but... Well, it's like what Moash said before. Moash said in the last episode we we read um, that something changed, something important. And right. maybe the Parshendi saw it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the others sang the same song that they would normally sing when the Alethi retreated. So they're... This is like a victory song of some kind. They've won the day. Their mm-hmm. aim was to come here and get the chrysalis, and they've done that. Um, whereas the, the Alethi's aim was to come here and completely destroy them, um, the Parshendi were still only here to get the gem heart. So they, they've won. Mm-hmm. And then there's this awesome moment where the oh, uh, enemy I, shard bearer raises yeah, its I blade in salute. I, I got to read this. Yeah, yeah, yeah go it ahead. It says... As Dalinar watched, a figure in cracked silvery shard plate and a red cape stumbled to their forefront. The helm had been removed, but it was too distant to make out any features of the black and red marbled skin. Dalinar's erstwhile foe raised his shard blade in a motion that was unmistakable, a salute, a gesture of respect. Instinctively, Dalinar summoned his blade and ten heartbeats later raised it to salute in return. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's a pretty great moment. It and might Dallinar, even be the I like moment. What Dallinar, sorry, go ahead. It might even be the moment on the cover of the page, uh, picture, dude. On the cover of the book. 
It really could be. Because there's a shard bearer wearing a red cape there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're saluting with the sword up. Yep. So. That's so in the red cape there. That's a Parshendi. It might be. The remember wow. that uh, um, that's book art is always subjective, right? There's not like sometimes yeah. there's stuff in book art uh, on like a cover right? art that might it's, not be. You quality. know what? You're right. Red cape. It's not because if that's Dalinar on the opposite side, he he looks kind of grayish. That's really really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. That's eh? amazing. Like that blows my, what you just said there blows my mind because this whole time I had really never put into thought who the individual was in the red cape on the cover. The only shard bearer that we've heard of this whole book with a red cape is this seven foot tall, right? So it's gotta be that, that shard bearer. Oh, dude. Okay, you just get... That's <laughs> that's amazing. Literally that the whole point of this whole show amazing. is just to get I can't goosebumps. believe you just did that while we're recording this. Dude, that is amazing. I don't... I didn't... I didn't make that connection. That's... That... Oh, that makes me love the artwork even more. And I like what you said about... It's about perspective. Like... Because the figure's in the forefront, I'm assuming it's one of the heroes. I'm right. assuming that, well, this this is probably, you know, it's probably Dalinar or it's Adeline or it's it's somebody, it's one of the heroes or it's somebody who gets a hold. But I, and I've been staring at this cover during the entirety of us covering this, this book. Yeah. Only now to realize this is, this is the Parshendi Shardbearer and across the chasm is Dalinar. It's across the chasm. The, the perspective that we've been getting has been across the chasm. This is all about perspective, right? Who discovered Dude, the Parshendi? Well, Dalinar did. Actually, Gavilar did. Actually, the scholars did. So it's all okay, about Okay, you got to stop talking because I'm just I'm just blown away right now by that. <laughs> I, I, I got to let this settle in. I, I, I might have to take a break. I'm certainly going to have a sip of my drink. That's, I, 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 have, I need a moment of pause. Okay. I need a moment of pause. We can totally edit out pauses. Wow. Sean, that's unbelievable. Um... I like how Dalinar's first, so after this salute, his first order, I love it. It's, it mirrors exactly what Kaladin would have said, set up a triage. Yeah. We don't leave, we don't leave anyone behind who has a chance at living. That's his first order. Yeah. And he's pretty confident the Parshendi will not attack us here. Like the, the, the battle well, is over. That salute of respect, that sealed the right. deal. Yeah, absolutely. He, he just, he just got, per, he just, not permission, but he was just told that we're done for the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. It's great. Uh, some, oh, look, Sean, this is amazing. Somehow escaping felt like more of a victory than any gem heart they'd won. Yep. The men began to sit down among the pain spren and exhaustion spren for the spren heads. Yeah. They are present. The Bridgman team acted with far more coordination and discipline than Dalinar would have expected out of such yeah. lowly men. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember, he's Dalinar Colin, but he's Bridgman. still a light eyes, right? He still was raised in a light eye society. Still looking, still looking through light eyes. Yep. Yeah, right. of course. Yeah. Um, a man trained in medicine uh, among the Bridgman. Well, why not? Dalinar thinks. It's yep. no odder than their being able to fight so well. Mm -hmm. 
Sadius had been holding out on him. This is an interesting little thought that Sad he he's attributing the skills yes. to Sadius. Yes. Even still. Yep. And he goes up to Kaladin and says, uh, you are to be commended. All of you. Why did your high prince retreat only to send you back for us? He didn't send us back. We came on our own against his wishes. Yeah. Why? Why come for us? You allowed yourself to get trapped in there quite spectacularly. Yes, but why did you come? And how did you learn to fight so well? By accident. What can I do to repay you? I don't know. We were going to flee from Sadius, disappear in the confusion. We might still. But he'll certainly hunt us down and kill us. Yeah. I could take your men to my camp, make Sadius free you from your bondage. I worry that he wouldn't let us go. And I worry that your camp would offer no safety at all. This move today by Sadius, it will mean war between you two, will it not? I like this moment when Dalinar starts to think about this. He starts to think, does it mean yeah. war between us? And this is yeah, when he, we uh, get that thing where, you know, Dalinar had avoided thinking of Sadius. Survival had taken his focus. Um, he said, mm-hmm. you know, could he allow war between the princedoms? Because he knows, we've, right. we, we've heard it said before, if these two factions openly fight against each other, Alethkar is over. You know, um, it would destroy mm-hmm. House Kolin. Dalinar yep. didn't even have the troops to be able to uh, to do it anymore because he just lost right. like right. probably like six thousand troops. Right. That much. That much. Do you think? Well, this is the thing: is that he says when Sadius first says, "How many can you muster up if we go now?" He says, "Well, on short notice, eight thousand. So that means 8, that there are other troops still back at the war camps. So it's not right. all of his troops, but right. it's a huge chunk of troops that he lost because he lost right. four. And then another thousand, and then I'm guessing he probably lost, let's say, at least another thousand trying to get across the bridge. So you know what I'm hoping? Mm. You know what I'm hoping? What? That he'll sponge. That'll sponge. I'm hoping that that other forces, other Alethi forces, will come to Dalinar as a result of him surviving this battle. Hmm. That's that's awesome. That would be awesome. He needs it. That's what I'm hoping. And then he thinks, um, um, well, the, and that's and that's if he survives. There's still more to the end of this book. So this I, is I this don't part know. here he where to, this is this part where he says, um, "Would Sadius respond when Dalinar returned? Would he try to finish the job? No, no. He did this this way for a purpose. And this is what I was saying earlier. He had, right. uh, he had abandoned Dalinar, but by Alethi standards, that was another thing entirely. He didn't want to risk the kingdom either. So like, what Sadius did was wrong, but." He wouldn't, this was like a tactic, a play, a ploy that obviously didn't fully work, but right. going into open war, even Sadius with an overwhelming amount of numbers, he wouldn't risk that. Right. And he's, um, and then he says to the Spearman, he says to Kaladin, yeah. it will not turn to war, right. not yet at least. And then Kaladin says, well, if that's the case, then by taking us into your camp, you commit robbery. The King's law and the codes. Isn't this awesome? always claim. Kaladin yeah. is talking to Dalinar about the codes. Oh, man. The king's law, the codes my men always claim you uphold, would demand that you return us to Sadius. He won't let us go easily. I will take care of Sadius, Dalinar says. Return with me, and I vow you will be safe. I promise it with every shred of honor I have. The young bridgeman meets his eyes, searching for something. Such a hard man he was for one so young. Mm -hmm. All right, the spearman says. We'll return. I can't leave my men back at camp. 
And with so many men now wounded, we don't have the proper supplies to run. Dalinar could not let this turn to war, but neither could he not let things go back to the way they had been. Sadius had upset the balance, and it could never be regained, not in the same way. Right. So, like, Cal here is saying that, like, you know, we don't have much choice. We could still run, and if you vow to not say anything as payment for our are saving you. I still have wounded men here and I still have wounded Mm -hmm. men over at the camp. So I'd be leaving them too. And he's not willing to do that. So going back with Mm -hmm. Dalinar Mm -hmm. seems to be the best play right now because he's thinking about his wounded. He's thinking about his wounded. Right. But I think, yeah, I, I, after everything that Calvin has seen, he did this because it was right. He did it to protect. He did it so that he wouldn't add onto the already haunting memories that sort of plague him with regards to his past and his regrets. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that it's over, now that he's got this high prince out of there, I don't know. I think, I think he will elect to leave um, Dalinar. That's, that's my, that's my guess. I think he'll use the moment to get his men healed and then he will enact some plan to get out of there. I don't I don't think he'll join up with um with Dalinar. That's that's my prediction. <laughs> because he's going to see him just as a light eyes no matter what and uh Right. And um and, you know, deal, even, you know, being around in this environment, like you're, you're still in some way going to be around or have to face Sadius. And why, why bother with all of that? You've just been through hell. Right. I mean, so I don't know. That would be my prediction. Just did. Right. Anyway, hmm. amazing chapter. Loved it. Amazing. Um, what's your highlight? I mean, well, come on. Jeepers. I said Jeepers again. Yeah. Jeepers, what, who guy. are you? Are you my grandfather? I don't know. I gotta. I, gotta, I think I need to add some more creepers. <laughs> creepers, creepers. Um, Jiminy Cricket. Um, my favorite, my highlight for this chapter. Oh, the salute. The salute. Yeah. You know, that's that sign of respect. Um, is really really neat i like this perspective i like the um i like that adelin and his father have become like the shattered planes they became shattered the worst state they'd ever seen a shard plate ever they were um and and i think that in that shattering it brought them both closer to the parshendi than they've ever than they've ever been right so yep. I don't know. I think this was a this was a good thing. I think that salute is my is my highlight. What what about yours? Um, my highlight I think is when <laughs> open tossing the spears. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. But I think it's <laughs> when Kaladin promotes that guy just in the middle of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your you're name? Promoted. My name is Doodly Doo. All right, Doodly Doo, <laughs> you're promoted. And if anyone you're says promoted. anything against it, you send them to me. I just love but that. But I'm just the water guy. I'm just, I'm the general now? <laughs> You're now a commander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just the water oh, boy. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. 
Yeah, I, yeah, no, no, I like that's, that. Part. That was a great moment. That's a great moment. Yeah, it's a great moment. Um, so for info dump, um, I wonder if info the uh, the song at the end there with that they're singing as the uh, Alethi are retreating. I wonder if the Parshendi are singing mm-hmm. the info dump jingle. I I think they might be. Neshwa Kadal they... might actually literally mean info dump. Right. Right. Oh, Neshwa it's the info dump. In... Oh, info dump. We're about to, We're about to get some amazing stone. information. There's actually not that very much in this chapter. <laughs> no, because uh, we, we, we probably covered we it. We probably covered it. Um, so the one of the only things that um, I, uh, I, I noticed was we get a lot of names of different ranks in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, we get commander, captain, company lord. Um, yep. there's, um, bright Lord, but Second. bright Lord's more like a status than it is a, like a general thing. Yep. Um, so there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of it and none of it really coalesces into an idea of who ranks where I think I've tried to figure it out a little bit. Like commander is like kind of one of the top ones. Um, cause mm-hmm. they asked for the rear commander and he's like one of the top guys. I'm guessing right. like Adeline Colin and, uh, Dalinar are probably above them. Um, right. then there's captain, then company Lord. Um, and then all these people sound like they have seconds. So someone who would take over from them if they die in their absence. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, there's that. And then the only other little part I have here is to remind us that, um, even though Dalinar left behind his gauntlet after his arm brace broke, um, mm-hmm. shard plate can regrow itself. So right. as long as you have a piece of it. Um, you can regrow it. Uh, so he lost his arm piece cause it broke. He left behind his gauntlet because it was too heavy right. to carry around, but that whole arm will be able to regrow from the rest of the armor. So right. let's not be too worried that Dalinar colon, um, <laughs> well, few, I, I, I want to say I was going to be dreaming P-H-E-W, about it. I was, I'm wiping my brow. Whew. I'm, I'm, I'm Thank God. shaking off the, the, the droplets. <laughs> Phew. Yeah. Phew, we got through this chapter. Um, We are literally four episodes away from being done book one. Can you believe it? I cannot. So next I episode, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, doing just the next chapter, <laughs> uh, chapter 69. <laughs> 69. Um, justice. And then justice. chapter oh, uh, part five. So justice is the last chapter in part four. So this is the last part of the Sander Lanch that we're going to be doing. And a great electronic French band, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and then uh, the s- next after that will be um, part five will be done in three episodes. So three chapters, three chapters. And then we're going to save the epilogue for our... Um, our season wrap up. Yeah. For our season wrap up. Nice. Yeah. Where we might have a special guest come on and talk predictions with us. We have a a listener, one of our patrons. I like guests. Yeah. One of our patrons has been kind of keeping track of all of your crazy wild predictions and whether or not you (laughs) are right or you're wrong. And so we are going to do like kind of like a prediction wrap up at the end too. So, well, of course I'll be right. 
<laughs> yeah, because you hate being wrong. Okay. Um, right. If uh, if you want to be right and you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash heroes of. Um, we have some fun things there. Access to the Discord. The Discord is starting to light up now. We've got uh, a bunch of people on there chatting about the show. Uh, if you want to be part of that too, all you got to do is just pay $1 per month on the Patreon page and you'll have access to the uh, early access to all the episodes and uh, access to the Discord. So please uh, find your way to Patreon dot com slash heroes of if you want to reach out to us you can uh, do so at heroes of at gmail.com um i'm always checking twitter at heroes of one or on instagram at the storm pod so yeah that's how you can get a hold of us uh jack i'm gonna have to get a hold of you in a couple days because we have to keep recording let's try to get this done as quick as possible sure cool well thank you very Sounds much good. for everyone for listening and uh till next time take care everybody StormPod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra.